welcome to Underground Magnolia Podcast with me, the one and only Desiree Valto in the whole wide world. On this episode of Underground Magnolia Podcast, I'm chatting with the voice behind the wildly popular syndicated radio show, The Quiet Storm with Lenny Green. That's right, I'll be talking with the love man himself. His smooth and silky pipes, coupled with a carefully curated list of R&B and soul classics, contemporary slow jams and smooth jazz, has probably ignited the love of thousands, consoled the brokenhearted, and set others on a new journey of self-discovery. The Brooklyn native, who's made a name for himself in radio for over 30 years, gets to do his magic from one of the most respected Black radio stations in the nation, WBLS in New York. And he can be heard on the revered station weeknights from 7 p.m. to midnight. He's stoked that not only is he on a top station, but it's right in his backyard. Additionally, Lenny keeps busy by hosting the Quiet Storm Show on Hot 105 in Miami, Florida. Now sit back and relax as I talk to Lenny about everything Quiet Storm. The music, the artists, and we'll also talk about the state of radio, his illustrious career, and even being a singer at one point. Now let's listen in to this lively conversation. I'm here with Lenny Green, the quiet star with Lenny Green, love man. So tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, we can stop right there. I don't know how this all started. I really don't. And I'm being as honest as I can be with you. I don't know how this love man thing started. I definitely would not have named myself that, if anything, outside my legal name of Lenny. So this love man thing is interesting, but. When you get your mama eventually saying it because she's heard it so much, it makes you scratch your head. You know, so <laughs> what is a quiet storm for people who do not know what it is, especially today's millennials <laughs> and younger people? What is the quiet storm? What does that mean? The quiet storm is, is a mood. The quiet storm is an area of escape. The quiet storm is a place where you just want to kind of gather your thoughts and just kind of pull yourself together. I call it a, a sanctuary. A sanctuary where you can just go into a space, not so quiet, but soothing enough for you to have a moment to yourself and appreciate yourself, reflect on your day, think about someone, if there's someone special in your life. So it requires some, in my opinion, haters and embraces so many levels of us as human beings. It's not, you don't have to be in a relationship to enjoy the quiet storm. It would help if you have an appreciation for the feeling of love or the element of love. And I think we all desire that. I think we all want that. And I just simply provide an opportunity for people to embrace the love that they should have within themselves. And if they, of course, should have love for someone special in their lives. But if you don't have someone special in your life, it's definitely an area. It's definitely a moment of the day that you can escape to and just relax. I'm a hopeless romantic. So I love the element of romancing. I'm a giver. In a relationship, I'm a giver. So I like to make sure my, my, my significant other is satisfied. And to me, that epitomizes romance and sensuality. It's appreciating one, it's becoming in connection with one. It's all about 
meeting the person that you're involved with, if it is that, on a level that is intimate. And intimacy doesn't necessarily have to mean sexual. Intimacy means a feeling of connection, uh, spiritual, kindred, however you like to look at. So that epitomizes the quiet storm for me because I believe in romance. I believe in setting up an ambiance. I think the settings that we are in affects our mood and ourselves. And what about the artists that you played during your show? It caters to all genres. It caters to all ages, all cultures. It's a mixture of, well, now that things have changed over the years in terms of the format of radio in general, it caters to a mixture of classic R&B songs from like Luther Vandross. You can get the Dells. You can get music from the 70s, the 80s, and then you can get the current music. You can get the Mary J. Blasters. You can get the Trey songs. You can get the, the Tanks. You can get the Tyrese's. You know, you get the Genuine. So it gives a balance of both decades of R&B music. And then I filter it in a little bit differently with smooth jazz. And you say, well, how do you do that? Well, I, I do it with using instrumental beds by jazz artists, you know, whether it's Bodie James to Brian Coberson to... Andre Ward, I'm big on saxophone players, to Najee, to Gerald Albright, because I think what I've heard over the years, the saxophone alone, which is I have a desire to learn, and I got a shout out to Najee personally because he, he, he agreed to try to teach me how to learn how to play the sax. I think it's the closest thing to the human voice, and it's very sexy. I like sexy elements, and sexy doesn't have to mean, again, a physical thing. I could look at a, a room, I could look at an area, I'm like, this, this is real sexy. You know, so sexy is a mood, is a mindset. If there's one thing I had growing up, we weren't rich, but we had a lot of love. And I think my mom and my family poured a lot of love into my DNA and my brother's DNA, and so did my grandmother and, and so forth, that if there's anything that we have, it's just love. And we give it unconditionally if, if we're connected to you in that manner. And even if we're not connected to you, that's all I represent is love. So it's kind of ironic that I'm doing this. It's kind of ironic that I'm doing radio, period, because radio wasn't in my line to do. But by God's grace, he opened up. He knew that I wasn't going to be successful as a singer. So the next best thing for this kid to do is to use his voice in, in this medium. And I'm grateful. rely on you for their quiet storm and smooth jazz fix for several years now. How have you come to accept that people want to hear you? Your show is syndicated. You're heard across the country, across the world. Did you expect all of this to happen? No, I am overly grateful. And, and I, this is a part of my prayer all the time to God, to just thank him for allowing me to be heard in places I never thought I would be heard in before. I thank him for my gift. I realize that we all have gifts. We have more than one. It's for us to really tap into our gifts to find out what is it that really connects with our soul and spirit. And I'm glad that he didn't totally remove me from my passion of music. Granted, I'm not singing, but I'm still utilizing my voice. I'm still connected to the genres and to artists. And I have so much of a fond appreciation for singers today because that's my first love. 
But I don't take the gift for granted. I'm just thankful for the gift that he gave me. And I always ask and pray that he allows me to touch one person a day and something that I said or something that I played. And hopefully that makes a difference in their lives. And over the years to receive feedback and people commenting on my voice. And again, I don't embellish on it. I'm just thankful. I realize a gift is a gift. So as much as given, it could be taken away just as quick. And I'm only thing I can say is thank you. Thank you for enjoying what I what I do. Some people say I do it too much or too well because I create radio is theater of the mind. And it took me a while to understand that because I'm an invisible medium. You don't see me. I mean, I know we have technologies these days and we can find a way how to stream. But for the most part, radio comes into a space, whether it's in the car, home, wherever you might be, and you have to create that element. That's how radio started out back in the day. So I just try to create an element when people listen to the choir storm, because I understand what you may have gone through throughout the course of the day without even knowing you. I know some people have rough days. I know sometimes someone gets on your, ner- your nerves. I know you, you don't like being in traffic. I know that you have to come home and you have to cook for others. You don't have time for yourself. So I just take in account what the average person and what we all go through and incorporate that in some creative way when I do my show. Now, you mentioned earlier about the changing formatting of radio, how it's changed over the years. Did you ever fear that Quiet Storm may be phased out? Oh, most definitely. If anything, more so now than before. But I think there will always be someone in a managerial or creative position to understand that this is a format that should never, that will never die. It may get phased out because people are not familiar with it. They don't feel that it is important to have, that people are really not paying attention to it. I beg to differ. And I think because of the, since the existence started, what back in the 70s, and this is 2023, it's kind of evident in my mind that this is a for sure format that can definitely work uh, for years. And again, you can flip it in different ways. You can lean it one way where it doesn't have to cater to the older folks, or you can balance it out as we do. We cater to the young and to cater to the old. We cater to the black, the white, the purple, the green. So music is music and music is like sports. It appeals to everyone, depending on what your taste is. Some people may like soccer. Other people may like football. So depending on what your taste is. But if you like soothing music, if you like to escape from the noise at the end of the day, then I'm your choice. But then I deviate off the course a little bit. and. I get into a, a segment of my show called Confessions of Love, where I address love and relationships. Because one thing I realized, we get into these relationships and somehow, some way, we stop communicating with each other. We don't want to talk about certain things. So I call myself uh, in an indirect kind of way. Sometimes I'm an icebreaker. Sometimes I can start a conversation up with you and your person that whoever, your girlfriends, your man, based on a subject matter that I may have decided to do. And we've covered the spectrum a lot over the course of the years of various subject matters, you know, that relates again to relationships. And I also use this platform, especially during the pandemic, as an additional platform to inform and educate. What I mean by that, during the pandemic, I brought in doctors, I brought in nurses, I brought in people that could talk to us 
you know, on our level that we would understand. Because yeah, we weren't bombarded. We were bombarded with a lot of news, but sometimes they didn't get a chance to understand it clearly in, in the most common sense about various things. So I think it has helped in many ways in that arena as well. But we use confessions of love as a way of just talking about love and relationships and, and how do we, everyone has an opinion, whether it's a right or wrong opinion is a different story, but everyone has an opinion or a different perspective of looking at certain things. So we kind of bring this to the table and let people express themselves. voice like Lenny's, there should be no surprise that he began his radio career as an on-air personality. It all started at a station in Richmond, Virginia. And then he moved on to make waves as a host and music director at a station in New Haven, Connecticut. Gaining popularity and respect as a host and leader, he received many accolades from the communities he served and from the radio industry. In the early 90s, he even earned Billboard Magazine's Air Personality of the Year Award. While he excelled, he yearned to be back in New York. And in 1995, Lenny joined the WRKS 98.7 KISS FM family as an on-air personality, where he soon moved up to assistant program director and host of the audience pleaser, Love Show, Kissing After Dark with Lenny Green. He remained there until 2012, and shortly thereafter, the iconic station was no more. Determined to stay in New York, Lenny worked hard to ink a syndication deal and made it happen with WBLS as his home base. He told me there's no place like home. The biggest dream is to come back home. In my mind, once I fell in love with radio, I, I wanted to instantly, from college, I went, oh, I'm going to be on WBLS, SFM. Well, that was far-fetched in reality. But that's what I wanted to do, because then I really when I fell in love with this radio thing, then I really started paying attention to the radio personalities. They were like kind of voices I heard. But again, I was so enthralled with music and singing. I heard radio as an entertainment pastime pleasure like most people do, but wasn't really paying attention. So when I fell in love with radio, that's when I started paying attention to the various voices that I had the honor of listening to, you know, the golden voices in my Northeast in Brooklyn. I'm a Brooklyn boy. I'm talking about my mentor, Bart Harper. He did the choir storm in the WBLS. But then you have Frankie Proffitt, you have Gary Bird, you have Bugsy, you had Chuck Leonard, you had Dr. Bob Lee, Ken Webb, Johnny Allen. It was just all these voices and the women were just as impactful because then you have Bye Higginson. She was the first lady of, WB, of WBLS. You had Lamar Renee. You had Wanda Ramos, all these amazing golden voices. I'm like really paying attention and like a sponge and trying to learn and just listening, listening and being entertained like you are, but listening from a different ear now, because now this is what I want. So how do I become better? How do I become good? And the only way you become good is to start from the ground up and getting and learn who has walked before you. I think it's so important that we understand who walks before us. Because sometimes we get into our own egos and we think that we're the only ones. No, we're not. Somebody opened up an opportunity in the door for you. So, and we know how it can be a problem. You know, obviously with black announcers, you know, black announcers back in the day, we, we have problems. But thank God we had a slew of wonderful 
black announcers, the pioneers that whose shoulders I stand on today. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I am today. Many of you may not know that as a young boy, Lenny dabbled in singing. In fact, at 12, he was the lead singer of an R&B trio that took second place at the Apollo Theater's Amateur Night. The win led to many paid gigs throughout the years in New York City. However, as a student at Kingsborough Community College, he turned to radio. Lenny told me that navigating radio was a hard job, but an interesting fact about his older brother helped him along the way. When I first fell into radio, it was simply me going to the college radio station, and that's when my mind flipped. And I was in love instantly with just the mechanisms and the works. I hadn't ever really been in a radio station prior to that moment. You know, when I was starting singing at nine years old, I never went to a radio station, never even went to a college radio station, never went to anything like that. So when I got to college and after the encouragement of people telling me, you have a nice voice, why don't you go to the radio station? I'm not interested in radio. I'm a singer. I'm a singer. That's that's all I had focused on. And then when I eventually went, it was just the element of being in a radio station that kind of mesmerized me. And ironically, my older brother did a quasi smooth jazz radio show when I was younger. So unbeknownst to me, when I did go to the radio station and most radio college radio stations, it's multi format. So you can have rock in the morning and jazz in the, in the afternoon or R&B. When they asked me what I wanted to do, because I guess somewhere in my mind, because I was, uh, I stored that information that my brother had and I was exposed to smooth jazz. I just simply said, uh, I'm going to do a smooth jazz uh, show. And they said, okay. It was on a Sunday night for six hours from like 7 p.m. to like one o'clock in the morning. And I loved it. So to answer further, your, to answer your question, how hard was it to get into when I got to get a job? It wasn't easy. <laughs> it wasn't easy, but I was able to get uh, someone's attention in Virginia. So Virginia, Richmond, Virginia was my first radio job on an AM station. And I was on from 12 noon to 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. So I did middays and afternoon drive. And I was hustling. I'm a hustler in a good way. Now, I know you're wondering, did Lenny ever try his hand at singing again? The answer is yes. But according to him, the result was not good. You know, thank God. That is not out here because, you know, in the world that we live in today, they could pop it right up and my hairstyle would be a lot different than it is now. <laughs> and I would be judged and it would be judged even worse <laughs> in worse ways. No, I've done something and I don't know if I should do it. I did something. <laughs> yes, tell me. <laughs> I, did something, I did something with full force. Full like, force. And full anthem. But it wasn't singing. Uh-oh. What did you do? I can talk a good game. Okay. <laughs> so, it was a song in spoken, like it wasn't spoken word. It wasn't poetry. It was a song in just in verbal presentation. Okay. So that's out there somewhere underneath a rock in a cupboard. So it, hmm. it was a good thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, a little birdie told me that your favorite song is Summer Madness by Cool Cool and Gang. Tell me about yeah. that. Uh, you know what, again, circling back around to my elements of smooth jazz. I, I'm a smooth jazz lover. 
and I have an affixation to want to learn how to play the saxophone. So that being a hopeless romantic, being exposed to smooth jazz and loving the right kind of elements, uh, a song is put together when it's a smooth jazz song, combines and you get the wonderful presentation of Summer Madness. It's sexy, it's soothing, it's relaxing. It creates an ambiance, a mood. And I'm all about songs that create an ambiance, a mood, or has a good message. So ever since I first heard it, until this day, it never gets old. It's always, and I like the eight-minute version too. The eight-minute version yeah. was the live version. And in fact, find being blessed to have the opportunity to speak to Robbie Kubel and just him saying how that song kind of came about, you know, it, it was a learning lesson in that regard, but also it just sounds so good. It's, and who cannot like it? Like no matter what age you are, like who cannot like it? Cause it's, it's so likable. Will Smith used some, you know, he used it to kind of remake it. And right. it is, some, some, I think summertime, summertime, summertime. summertime. So, yeah. <laughs> so hot. Yeah, so it's a, it will always be a fine favorite of mine, number one favorite. I'll tell you a quick story. Back in the day, I was at a junket that Will Smith, I can't remember what film it was, but people were complimenting him on the song, Summertime. And he was just, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I was waiting for him to say what it was a sample of, and he didn't. And so I brought it up, and he just gave me this look like. Why are you bringing it up? Because, you know, obviously everybody else was, like, we're not African-American. <laughs> I thought that was an important fact. Yeah. You know, yeah. he didn't come up with the beat. But anyway. You know, sampling, there's so many songs, even God rest his soul, Bobby Codwell, who we just recently lost. Bobby Codwell. Look how many hip-hop artists have sampled a piece of his song, you know, from Common On. So music is, hip-hop artists uh, have definitely utilized R&B a lot, classic soul a lot, as well as, if they're really innovative, creative jazz piece. Earlier, Lenny mentioned how his mom raised him and his brother in Brooklyn. He's proud to say that she's his biggest inspiration and now his guardian angel. He keeps her memory alive by handing out the Mama Green Women of Dignity Award every summer in his hometown. Here's more on his mom and the award. She was all that. Uh, growing up in a single-parent family, it's not easy. And I know I'm not the only Black man or person that has done that. But I also it also gives me an opportunity to understand the importance of what she poured into us in those times. And... By God's grace, to this day, she could strongly look down on us and, and say they never were in trouble. I remember my mom told me a story that she, I threw a temper tantrum when I was probably three in the street. She pulled down my pants and spanked me in my butt. Uh-oh. <laughs> a cop came over to her and a cop said, well, why are you spanking her? And she said, so you won't have to. Mm. To this day, I've never had, by God's grace, been arrested. I have a record. I've got, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not the angel now, but. You know, I've never done anything wrong to allow my life to get in trouble. So mom has been the greatest supporter, the biggest, anything I, me or any, my, my brothers wanted to do, she's 100% it, no matter what. She, if, if I wanted to become a model, and I did want to become a model in my mind, 
And she spends her last dollars just trying to get me a photo shoot, which was the worst. If you look at these <laughs> pictures, which I can never let them out of my sight. <laughs> you would laugh. If you have a bad day, you just pull out the picture and laugh. You're full of it. So that's how bad the pictures were. But my mom believed in what I wanted to do. And she was always there to support me on that. And I will forever be grateful for her blessings of, again, pouring that love into my spirit and making me the man I am today. So, yeah. And in remembrance of my mom, I, every year I have a family day event in Brooklyn. This coming summer will be my 18th annual. It's a free outdoor event in the park in the heart of Bed-Stuy. And I wanted to pay homage and remembrance and keep my mom's legacy alive. So I came up with the Mama Green Women of Dignity Awards, which I give out to eight single women who unfortunately were put in positions of raising children by themselves. Because that's the story of my mom. She was a single mom. And we do it in Brooklyn, and then we do it in Newark, New Jersey, with a domestic violence organization, a woman who had been abused. And we acknowledge them as well, because unfortunately, my mom had experienced that while she was uh, raising us as well, domestic violence. And it's a serious thing, and we see it, unfortunately, every day. Unfortunate things that, that in the news that's just mind-boggling to me. So I feel for those women who are counted with that. And again, as a way of just sharing my mother's love and keeping her legacy alive and realize and, and giving any woman her flowers and her recognition. Thanks, Lenny Green, for a great conversation. For more on Lenny, check out his Instagram at Lenny Green Official. Again, that's at Lenny Green Official. And don't forget to check out The Quiet Storm with Lenny Green. For more information on this episode, please go to undergroundmagnolia.com. That's undergroundmagnolia.com. Just click on the show and all info, including links, will be there. While on my website, you will also see all of my podcast episodes, which can be heard wherever you listen to podcasts. So please listen, rate, review, and comment. If you want to be on Underground Magnolia Podcast, send an email to contact at undergroundmagnolia.com. That's contact at undergroundmagnolia.com. Follow me on Twitter at UMPodcastDV. That's at UMPodcastDV. My Instagram is Underground Magnolia Podcast. Again, that's at Underground Magnolia Podcast. Please spread the word so I can get more followers. Till next time, this is Desiree Valto, the only Desiree Valto on the planet. For Underground Magnolia Podcast, I'm out. <laughs>